Welcome to this month's episode of the World of Roofing podcast, hosted by John Kenny of Cotney Consulting and Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com, where we will introduce you to a new roofing industry artisan from around the world. All right, welcome back, everybody, to our new episode and another episode of the World of Roofing. Um, as always, I'm your host, uh, John Kenny with Cotney Consulting Group, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm just over a, well, I think is a flu, so yeah, if I cough, I do apologize. I'll have to mute quickly so I don't interrupt anybody. But yeah, well, we're all safe with the camera, home. so well, you yeah. won't catch anything. Everything's uh, nothing through the camera. But no, all, all good. Keep him busy. Good. It's good to be here. So we are interesting today. Uh, this is what we were talking about. This, well, I know this is a true world of roofing interview today. Uh, I sit in the Eastern Time Zone of the USA, which means it's uh, afternoon here. Andrew sits in the evening in the UK, and Jacob, our guest, he's over in Australia, and it's actually tomorrow over there. So we really are covering the globe on this one. So I want to take it away and pass it over to you, Jacob. Give us an introduction, uh, who you are, what, what's going on in your neck of the woods. Um, hello, gents. Uh, thank you very much again for inviting me over. Um, I was very much looking forward to it. Uh, my name is Jacob. I'm in, uh, currently in uh, Sunshine Coast, um, Australia, but I permanently live uh, on the Gold Coast in, um, in Australia, which... Uh, it's pretty far away from everything, as you'd imagine. Yeah. And um, it's a very interesting uh, part of the world. And I and um, I sort of moved in here just uh, in 2016, uh, following my um, wife, who's from here. And um, and here I am, uh, just doing roofing and waterproofing in um, in Southern Hemisphere. Um, I never thought that I will end up here. Um, it was uh, it was a quite of a journey. I started roofing, never sort of thinking that could be a career of any sort. I uh, there was just um, back in the day because I should mention I grew up in in Poland. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of jobs, and there was a there's a guy who I know that owned roofing company. So it was my very first job. I started for a summer job, um, just was doing torch down roofing for um for cash since i was like 16 you know um so that was quite interesting um you know i've done that for a while however i must say that at that time um the economy in poland was not that great so it was really just kind of hard to make living like doing that um so i decided that i need to go overseas to make a little bit uh, more money so my first uh, actually journey was to America, just on uh, on like a J one visa. Actually, um, went to Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, with my then um, fiance, I suppose, and uh, worked in a cabinet shop for a little bit. Then um, you know the lady in a cabinet shop um, asked me if I could fix her roof, and I was like, yeah, actually, I know how to fix roofs. So so I went up there, fixed up her roof, and. And I just figure, well, it is sort of more or less the same everywhere in the world. The idea is the same, like the materials are different. Everything's a little bit different, but the idea is the same. So I figured, um, you know, that could really take me around the world, so to speak, right? Because if I if I just sort of know how to do roofing and I know how to explain it, like I can go just about anywhere and get a job. Um, and 
and with that in mind, I had to I had to actually go back to Poland because my visa expired, so I couldn't stay in America. Um, and um, but actually, um, I did uh, have a chance to visit Tampa, Florida, and I absolutely loved it. Tampa is such a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Petersburg and and all that area. It was quite lovely in there. Um, well, yeah, so I had to go back to Poland and uh, just sort of like a little bit of in and out Poland. I, I lived in, in London for a little bit, just trying to sort of get by over there. But it was kind of hard in London at that time. There's so many Polish people that just sort of left for London. And, um, you know, I ended up, again, just sort of working for cash for, you know, some guy that was paying me like, you know, five pounds an hour to do torch down roofing or whatever else, right? Uh, and then after that, I, um, I've decided to just make a permanent move. And I've, um, I knew that Canada had sort of like a, um, like a working holiday visa program. So I, um, I applied for that and I went to, uh, Vancouver, BC and, um, yeah, I just got my first roofing job. I just literally took me. You know, I had like $2,000 in my pocket and just nothing. Like I stayed in a hostel and took me perhaps four days to get a job with like a roofing company. Mm. Um, I still remember what they're called. They're, uh, they're, they're a decent company. They're a big company in BC. I think they're uh, they're well-known advanced weatherproofing. Um, so I sort of started working for them and uh, I started working with Vietnamese guys because it's a big thing in Canada. There's a lot of Vietnamese guys doing mm-hmm. roofing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's like whole crews of just Vietnamese guys, right? And uh, and for whatever reason, like I was just like the only like white guy on the Vietnamese guys crew. Um, and it was great. Like actually, it was a really cool experience because I got like really for for some weird reason, you go to Canada thinking you're going to, you know, be exposed to more sort of Canadian experience, right? But it, you, you get exposed to a very sort of multicultural experience. So um Vietnamese food and culture that was something that I was really like excited about it was pretty cool those guys would take me to like you know um cafes and 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 full places and whatnot it was really cool uh mm-hmm. we still done a lot of just torch down roofing torch down or torch on whatever you might call it right mm-hmm. um and um after a little bit of that uh I guess I've done my apprenticeship I um I started with, um, well, I don't remember which company signed me up, but one of the companies signed me up for uh, a roofing apprenticeship, um, uh, which that's something that's organized by RCABC in, in British Columbia, so Roofing Association. Yeah, 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 Red Seal yeah. endorsement. Yeah, that's uh, uh, quite valuable. I always was, like, very excited about getting it because I thought it was just, like, such a legit, valuable certification to have. Um and then, like, I still, like, I'll put it in front of my name proudly every time because you have to put effort to get that, right? And, uh, and that's cool, I thought. Um, and after after I got uh, my certification, I just sort of started working all sorts of random roofing jobs. I worked for Ra- Raven Roofing. That's probably my favorite company to work for um, out of um, – a big shout out to those guys. I really enjoyed working for them, uh, especially in their repair division, because that's where I learned a lot about like repairing roofs and just just doing a little bit of different kinds of roofs. It was also a commercial roofing, but then, you know, before that, I only knew Torchon, and then I sort of 
learned how to do, you know, TPO welding and EPDM, a lot of uh, EPDM rubber, actually, uh, which now when I think about that, it's kind of mind blowing, like how um, we did those warehouses where we just use like EPS insulation and then just just massive chunks of loose rubber over it. Um, and chasing leaks on those was like is quite interesting too, because you have like steel deck, you got vapor bear, you got your EPS insulation and loose membrane over top of that. And birds just love making holes in it for whatever reason. So whenever there's like a little patch with no rock on it, um, then um, yeah, they would just poke a hole in it. And and then we'd be chasing leaks, which was fun too. Like I really. It, everybody hated it but i loved it actually because it was so rewarding like it'd be pissing down rain and you're out there on the roof with the shovel stretching rubble rubber trying to find a leak um but when you find it it would be so rewarding right <laughs> you could just sure. fix someone like it's just um it's i think our work just brings like incredible value and and, and it's just so um underestimated you know like you the people are in distress oftentimes they have like water leaking into their house or their office or whatever right and um yeah i think uh, it's often underappreciated how much um importance there is to our job yeah um and then uh just uh just really sort of i guess to finish my story i don't want to be um i could be talking about roofing all day long <laughs> I, mean, I apologize uh but just to finish my story uh in canada uh, I met uh, my wife, uh, Renee, who is uh, Australian, and her grandma was getting a little bit older, and she wanted to move home to be with her, and uh, we just moved, um, and then I got uh, the job with, um, I worked for a few waterproofing companies before I got the job with Suprema Australia in New Zealand, uh, so first I started as a field technician, uh, and then... Um, and then I became technical manager for for um, Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And um, and after uh, oh, there's another company that I worked for. After I finished up with uh, uh, with Supreme, I worked with a company called Basit, uh, which is a very nice company. Still got a, um, I still um, talk to a lot of those guys. They're uh, they're like a distributor reseller basically. Okay. So they would sell Supreme products in um, in uh, in Australia. So, um, yeah, so then I worked for them for like a year and then um, I just started my consulting uh, company and I worked for like few, uh, like a bigger consultant uh, doing like a subcontract work. But, um, you know, sometimes there and it's not actually that good of a deal when you really look at it. Um, consulting is perhaps just, well, it depends how you go about it, really. Right. I'm a bit more of a tradie. I, I always thought that. You know, like I can really make money with my hands. Uh, where consulting is like, yeah, you can make money, but uh, you know, it's just um, it's just hard these days. Actually, I think like it's getting harder and harder. I think the you know if you can um, actually do like a blue collar job, that it's definitely better money these days than white collar jobs, especially when you're like a one person operation. You know. Um, so I just decided skills you learn in roofing. I mean, that that's invaluable. I mean, you, you know, that's, that's what's missing in today's, uh, world is having that ability to hands-on that, that you've learned from all your experiences. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like, I, everybody sort of, cause it's hard work, right? Like, 
roofing is uh and waterproofing because now i do a lot of basement waterproofing right and it'd be like some days it'd be you know, 35 37 celsius degrees in here and and you know we're doing torch down roofing it's not pleasant right mm-hmm. um but but uh but i love it like i i like everybody looks at me like there's something wrong with me like i have no problem doing it like it's just you know every role i put down there's a little bit of money in my pocket <laughs> yeah exactly so what's your biggest yeah. challenge you you see like in your industry over there in australia what are your challenges uh well it's just definitely as far as like uh um legislation go we have a, like a performance based building code uh and uh, there's different ways that you can comply with that code and there's perhaps a little bit too much room for interpretation uh like i find we're like what we call deemed to satisfy provisions deemed to satisfy provisions are like standards so you got your astm standards we got our australian standards so say for example we have one for like external and internal waterproofing uh but for basement waterproofing for example we have no standards there's just performance well uh, yeah, performance requirements, and not even for all classes of buildings, right? So there's, in some cases, you just really don't have to do anything to waterproof your basement, and that's, like, perfectly legal. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, that's one of the challenges, uh, just a little bit. And it's hard to, I guess, because um, it's expensive, I, I suppose, to write those deemed to satisfy solutions, right? And we have this body that's called Standards Australia. I don't even know exactly how it works. And uh, I don't know who's on. Well, there's a lot of guys that are on the board that, that are contributing and whatnot. But but I guess it's just really hard to get the standard across in a way, I think. Like, it just takes too long. Mm-hmm. And the last version, for example, of our external waterproofing standard, which is AS46541 and 2, uh, I believe that was released in... Uh, well, I don't know, 2009 or 2010. I don't know exactly, but like it's been wow. a while. Mm. And it's like, uh, it's just really basic document. Like if you really like read through it, like it just really doesn't give you that much guidance on anything. Like there's few like cross sections that, but they're not very useful, um, especially with how rapidly everything's changing. Like as far as building methodology and we're, we started to use a lot more lightweight we're kind of moving a little bit more to like a higher performance buildings now that, that we uh, obviously want for many reasons. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I think that that standard just definitely didn't age well. And there's just, um, yeah, with the performance requirements, you can basically, like if you really stretch your mind, right? Like you can sort of prove that anything will work theoretically, right? Right. Um, but, um, but practically not, so often right so we have a lot of leaky buildings too as an effect of that i think yeah. um which is good for business i suppose but uh <laughs> but uh but but yeah there's definitely like a, like like there's a lot of problems with waterproofing especially like balconies and, and basements rooftops too like but not as um not as probably often as balconies balconies is the worst um, just so expensive to repair them because they're all, they're all like do like um, direct stick tiles to the membrane. Which is, uh, yeah, you got to get well. I mean, it is what it is. I suppose. <laughs> What's that? You got to get through the the overlay in order to even find where the leak is. 
Yeah, no, it's terrible yeah. from that point of view. Like, there, and there's, there's like, you know, like as far as repair, repairability and maintainability of this, there's none, right? There's none. Like, you stick those tiles onto it, and then, like, you can hope for the best. And, um, yeah, I suppose um, in Canada and America, we, we would use just predominantly, like, pavers and pedestals, like those sorts of systems, right? Which are getting more popular in Australia, actually, now. Um, right, but even with that, like, it doesn't technically all comply with like that um, standard for external waterproofing. So there's got to be like performance solution written up for that, which is nonsense too, right? Like just making it harder to do something better. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, but in any case, um, yeah, I think that's where it should be going. Like, and, and listen, like oftentimes I, I have to specify uh, members when i'm specifying for repairs right for balconies i i have to use those uh membranes that you stick tiles to because there's already like for retrofit jobs there you know the guardrails are at certain height the door thresholds are at certain height so you just can't really you just can't really fix it 100 percent. so it's the way it's supposed to be you just can um you know and there's there are good members actually i have a hat from them ardex that company they they do sell a membrane that's called WPM 1000. It's like a butyl rubber, but um, but weirdly thermoplastic. You guys be well, maybe you're not surprised. I was surprised coming from Canada because um, when I think of rubber, I think of thermoset material that you generally have to splice with like tapes and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, but Ardex does um, this product that um, yeah, it's like butyl rubber that you can just weld with hot air. Okay. And then, and then it just takes it copes with stress really good. Like so, if you can, if you adhere tiles to it for whatever reason, it just works. And they have like tile adhesives that goes with it and all that. But still, I gotta say that it's not my favorite thing to do, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, sometimes the necessity takes <laughs> takes the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you, you kind of have to like, and and you know, like how much? Because when you think about it, like now there's a big problem, right? Because just just about everything that we built over the last 15 years leaks right and like there's a lot of people that just don't have money to repair it right but they still want to stop the leak so you either you know like it'd be a little bit arrogant just to tell everyone oh you've got to just tear everything down and just like you know people just don't have the money to do that so sometimes you do have to come up with some sort of clever solution that would just stop the water coming in you know um and um that's where um i guess my expertise come in handy good well you one thing in roofing and you know you just said it you got to be part scientist you got to be part inventor and you got to be yeah. part you know you got to be part tinkerer to get it all done Magician. yeah that's right like i mean it is uh it is quite interesting right like it's not as simple as everybody thinks like because there's this misconception that like i've mentioned that before and i don't want to be going on about it but like there's this conception that it's just simple, like that it's a very easy job that doesn't really require any sort of intellectual capacity or like is people just think, oh, just go and just put some black stuff on it, right? Just to fix it. But it actually, it it, it, it takes me sometimes to chase, when I chase leaks, it can take me days. Like, you know, there's multiple tests that I need to perform. There's like all sorts of um, work that people are just completely unaware of. And um, yeah. But, you know, after after they have trouble for like multiple years resolving those leaks, they eventually they get to the point where they just accept, you know, that you just have to do a little bit more. But then it gets very expensive. Right. Right. Andrew, any questions from you today? 
No, the one thing I was going to say is, are you, are you finding that you've got a young generation of roofers coming into the industry? Do you see that sort of lack of skill? Yeah, so so I think I, I, I see two different kinds of young people now. Like I, I see super clever ones like that really are switched on and they want to like they really pay attention, right? And I always the the most rewarding thing for me is like especially when I do trainings and whatnot. Um when like young people like record what I do or take pictures, then I just really know that they're taking notice and not they're not just on TikTok, you know? Yeah. Um I really um uh also like I find that there's there's a little bit of um, um there, there's the other side is just the just the guys that just don't want to be there they just think that there's something better out there for them and they just don't like they they're they're not interested they just they just literally try to make it from you know 6 30 to 3 30 and you know get a little bit of money and i think uh well, you kind of have to go through different stages in your life i i kind i never really thought that you know i can make a career out of roofing but i have right and it's just if you apply yourself and you're serious about what you do, like you could be, um, yeah, you can make a killing doing anything, right? Like yeah. you just got to be, you just got to accept that um, there's a effort that you have to put in and there's time and hours and all that. It's just how it is. It's not always going to be nice. You can't no, just be doing no. TikTok videos and doing little <laughs> dances all the time. No one's going to pay for that, right? Uh, but but you like many of our people that we've interviewed once you've sort of found it into the roofing industry then mm. they stay for a long time it's almost like once you're in you can't get out but you know it, it's helped you work all over the world you know it's led to a yeah, a, yeah. so you know it, it can but and this is where we're trying to promote the roofing industry to show oh. people actually there's a whole range of things it could be a consultant it could be a designer it could be an operative on site doing it it could be someone, a chemist, developing the new materials of the future. You know, there's so many different things involved in the roofing industry. It's just, you know, it's just mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah, 100%. And then, like, say, I, I obviously, I started from the very bottom, right? Like, I started just sweeping and setting rolls for other people who torched and whatnot, right? But I... um wanted to learn i wanted to know everything about like what i do and why i do it and how you can do better like i mean if you have curiosity about what you do um you can never go wrong like yeah. you just I, I think it's the only way to be like if you're uh, up on the roof and hating every second of it um it's not gonna be a nice day like it's gonna be quite painful and and you're gonna end up being bitter and just might as well just just try to make the best job you can. Just try to be the best roofer out there, and yeah. and um, and I really like seeing other people's work, and I cheer them on because I think it's important for us to achieve excellence in what we do. Like it's just, uh, I think humans are just made that way. It's our nature. I think we just have to um, just master, you know, all sorts of skills and just get better at things, no matter what. Well, that's where roofmapping.com comes in. You yeah, get exactly. that work out there. Yes, get it on there. Keep yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I do have um, few roofs coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. I gotta actually. I, I yeah, I gotta I gotta hit you up after. Well, after you're finished. Yeah. Um, because there's like say I I'm I'm a I'm a small operator too, right? So I don't really have like a huge commercial roofs, but it'll be mainly like the smaller things. 
That's absolutely fine. You know, roofmapping.com is to map out what you do as a company. So whether you're a yeah, yeah, yeah. one-man band or whether you're a multinational doing jobs all over the world, it doesn't matter. I, I just want the roofing contractors to show what they're good at. It's about the quality of the project. Residential. If you do residential, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, then show that. If you do commercial all over a state, then then show that. You know, it's it's allowing people to find you because they mm. need your services. That's that's all it is. It's just a, a true and accurate measure of what's going on in the industry. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's no, fantastic. Like, and I mean, it, with the social media right now, hey, like it's just. Um, um well like just showing your work showing that you can actually do um you know what's written in your company name um i think it's pretty cool because there's a lot of people out there i must say that that really probably wouldn't want to have their work uh, be shown <laughs> publicly right yeah yeah we don't want any of that <laughs> Well, yeah, we're yeah. coming to a close for today's session uh jacob anything we haven't you haven't discussed that you want to want to let the audience know about or uh no thank you very much it was a real honor to uh to talk to you guys i was really looking forward to that and uh keep up uh good work i um i've been listening to the podcast a few times now it's quite interesting yeah. stuff um and uh andrew i'm gonna um try to find a roof for you yeah, to yeah. put no, on the roof. There you go <laughs> we'll do that definitely anything Sounds andrew good. for closing no, no, I think that's, that's just great to hear from Jacob and hear his, hear his journey. You know, it's great to see a world globe globe trotter in the roofing industry. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. It's nice how you uh, you showed how you can go all – you've been all around the world. You've done different systems. You've done different types of work. Now you're, uh, you're consulting and fixing problems and still roofing. I mean, you really wrapped it up well. So glad to have had you today and uh, to our audience uh, – Thank you for joining us for another episode and uh, be sure to catch us on the next one. So until then, uh, take care, everybody. Thank you very much. Take care, guys.